Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Uh, not much, Mike, man. How are you? Uh, I'm 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 great because the NBA sprung to life once again over the uh, the pounding of the the keyboard on on Twitter. Um, Kyrie just got traded. How exciting is this that basketball just never it never dies it never ends. I just love how like it starts with like one little tweet, and then it's just a million. Oh, it ex- and- yeah explodes. And it's like in minutes, right? It's like, oh man, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Boom, Shams drops a tweet, and then it's just end, end of the world, man. Shams it's, is having the the MVP of the off season for sure. That's that's easily known. But it was weird because I was at work and someone asked me about the Kyrie trade, and I was like, that old that old news, like who who cares about that? And then I realized, no, you moron, like that literally just happened yesterday, and you've just just gorge yourself on Twitter for two full hours and taken every single take and every look at it into your brain that it feels like you've already been, that's already a done topic and you could just move on to the next thing. Oh, I'm with you. And and it's, it's weird how like, I don't know. I go through progressions of like, I, I see it and then like, I think about it a little bit and then I put it away for a little bit and then I think about it more and then um, it's just weird. Well, you're going to have to think about it now because that is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Uh, We've been saving our Cleveland preview uh, for this Kyrie trade. And coincidentally, Boston was the next team we were actually going to review. So if you're just joining us, is this one of the first podcasts you've listened to? We're doing NBA team previews for the fantasy season, uh, for the upcoming season. We've already done a handful of teams. So go back. Uh, on whatever you downloaded this podcast on and check out the last uh, three episodes. And we, we've knocked out quite a few. I don't even think we're halfway – we're approaching halfway through the entire NBA. Uh, we have 11 sure. teams. Come on now. Get with it. It's 11. You know, I got a lot of numbers in my head. Um, and, and, and the first number um, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you about is what is Kyrie – going to be wearing in boston is he is he going to keep the same number he's wearing number 11 oh you know you know more than i do yes, you usually you usually do so i'm not i'm not, i guess i'm not that surprised that <laughs> yes he, he's going to wear number 11 wow um let's start let's actually start with cleveland because we've been waiting on them and i think this is the harder this is the harder one to figure out so isaiah thomas and jay crowder and the first round uh, Brooklyn pick moved to Cleveland, which is a hell of a haul uh, considering what happened with Jimmy Butler and with Paul George earlier this year. Now, don't get me started on why Danny Ainge is a moron and don't get me started on how he could have had both Kyrie and Jimmy Butler and don't get me started on how he gave up way too much in this trade and could have gave way less for Jimmy Butler or Paul George for that matter. Um I, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to. I don't want to like remember how bad the Bulls are, and that if Garpax would have waited, like I always said from the beginning of that damn trade, if they just would have waited for something to happen, maybe something like this would have happened. So, well, let's re- let's recuse the Bulls from this and say that I I think that 
Boston in the long run has a shot to come out ahead in this deal. Wow, that is that is a hot take. Okay, and and I wrote about this a little bit yesterday, and then you can find the article um, if, if you're really interested on what I really had to say about it. But where's that, where's that article at? Where is it? Uh, well, you can find it on my Twitter. I wrote it for A Royal Pain, um, which is a website about the Sacramento Kings. But I sometimes just write some general NBA stuff just to get it off my chest. Um, so here here's my thought process. Can we agree that Isaiah Thomas had a career year? Yes. He's 29 years old. He's, he's not going to get any better than that. It's 5'6". Yeah, he's, he's very short. Okay. Um, Jay Crowder, pretty much all his numbers regressed a little bit last year. So, And he was never really expected to be a, a great player to begin with. So is it possible we've seen his peak value? Uh, potentially, yes. I think he's still got the ability to come back to where he was. but And what what's the best case scenario with this Brooklyn pick? The number one pick? I mean, I'm guessing top five. Okay, and that's fine. But it turns into a Kyrie Irving-like player, right? Well, potentially, and, and actually, but, I think you're kind of making my uh, a bit of my point. Boston gave up too much here. Uh, if you're, you, but, the, but Cleveland it, had no leverage. Boston had all the leverage. Doesn't that Brooklyn pick and Jay Crowder get it done? Well, here's where I'll circle back to. Right, if you look at it through the lens that Cleveland gives Isaiah Thomas a max contract at the end of this season, I think Cleveland screwed themselves. And I don't think Cle- I think Cleveland has done uh, what they needed to do, and and they got back someone who can repl- actually replace Kyrie without sacrificing their f- future. In fact, making their future assets a, l- a little bit better, but also not running LeBron out of town because they're going to be be terrible without Kyrie. They've kind of put their foot, and they can they can move on from Isaiah Thomas next year. There's no nothing linking Isaiah Thomas to Cleveland. And then I'm I'm with that, but I mean I think that the plan is, especially if LeBron is going to stay, is they're going to bring Isaiah back, and I think that could be a really bad contract near the end. Um, Jay Crowder's on a really good contract, but I don't think he gets any better. I think we only see worse versions of Jay Crowder than we've seen, and that pick I think it's best. The best that you can hope for is that it's Kyrie, and it could be Anthony Bennett. I mean, it is the Cavs picking it after all. Um, they they have not the greatest draft record on the. Well, the don't don't worry. They'll just get another number one pick. They, they don't really have to think about it. And so my point being, I I actually think Boston did all right here. Now, what Boston really sacrificed this year was some of their depth, and that was one of the things I was most excited about in their chance to beat the Cavs was they had a really deep team. And now I think they got a, a, a significantly better player and a significantly better defensive player. I mean, we can all get excited about Isaiah Thomas for fantasy because he produces a lot of great offensive stats, but he's a horrendous defender. I, I wouldn't say Kyrie is, is significantly better than Isaiah Thomas, but he is uh, by default a better defender than Isaiah, who is pretty abysmal. And I actually think in, in that facet, they made Cleveland worse. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Cleveland really didn't care about defense too much last year. And so, I mean, I, I'm not saying I still think Cleveland's the favorite to to win the, the East this year because they have LeBron. But I didn't hate the trade for either team, really, and I think Cleveland might actually win out in the long run. Yeah, when you look at what actually happened, I'm not – I'm actually surprised that it's such 
a fair deal, I guess. But that's kind of why I'm upset about it, is that Cleveland had no leverage. Boston had all the leverage. Yet Boston gives up all those assets for for Kyrie. And it, 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 it kind of lowers their depth. It gets rid of one of their the 2032 picks that Danny Ainge has. And, you know, he shot, he shot his load. Like, this is Danny Ainge's big move, is getting Kyrie and setting him up on his own team. Now, um, granted, like, I think Isaiah Thomas is going to be just fine fantasy-wise in Cleveland. So let's let's go ahead and look at Cleveland. Um, do you think Isaiah Thomas, does this significantly change his fantasy value? Because I really don't think it does. Uh, no, the, most people say, oh, he's playing next to LeBron. He's going to get more shot attempts. Kyrie actually had 0.3 more field goal attempts than Isaiah last year. Now, yeah. Isaiah did have significantly more free throw attempts, about double. Um, but... I mean, I don't think it really changes too, too much. Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about here is the assists. So uh, LeBron notoriously runs the offense wherever he goes. And Isaiah is good at working off the ball. Uh, but Isaiah really came into his own in Boston being the primary ball handler. He is not going to be the primary ball handler in Cleveland. He will still, you know, run his fair share of plays similar to what Kyrie did. But I think... The assists um, kind of dip for Isaiah. He's still going to see some, probably some more open shots because you know LeBron is better than any person Isaiah has ever played with. Really, the best player anyone's probably ever played with uh, in this era, anyway. And he's still going to shoot a ton. He's uh, I, like you said, Kyrie was the uh, you know the primary shooter, primary scorer on the scorer on that team. Isaiah could fit right into that role. So. Um, I'm actually a little down on Isaiah from last year because, like you said, it was a career year. He's coming off that hip injury, which um, has been serious, kind of a serious injury for some other players in the past. And with a little dip in assists for him, along with the uh, kind of adjusting to a new team, I, I don't see him, you know, getting into the to being a top fifteen player. I don't. I think he's a, a guy I'm not going to own probably at all this year because I think everyone's going to look at him there, and I'm not. I'm definitely not. I think the scoring probably goes down a little bit, just in the sense that I, I don't. I just think he had a career year. He shot as good as he's going to shoot. I don't think he's that good of a shooter. I mean, he's going to have a little bit more open looks. I'll give you that. But 29 points a game. I mean, even Kyrie Irving only got 25 last year. Yeah, so, I've actually. Um, you know, we're, we're working on our rankings, everyone. So. Don't I know you're probably worried about when those rankings are coming out. It's still very way too early to get those rankings out. But um in my rankings, I'm actually considering taking Kyle Lowry over Isaiah Thomas. Oh, that's interesting. I, I do think um, Isaiah I'm worried about his hip a little bit, but I'm also worried about the fit in Cleveland, uh, with the fact that, you know, he got a decent amount of his value from getting six assists a game. You drop that down to four and then you start thinking about him scoring less. And I don't know. I I mean, it seems like him and Kyle Lowry are now kind of the same. I'll couch it this way. Unless you think Derek Rose is going to get some of those playmaking opportunities. Like, I don't think they have a ton of playmakers. I mean, other than LeBron. I mean, LeBron is the playmaker. Absolutely. Okay. okay, but I mean, how many assisted Kyrie Irving have last year? 
I don't know. I have to go check. Five point eight a game, almost the exact same very Isaiah sim- Thomas. Yeah, did. yeah, okay, very similar to Isaiah. So, and actually, Kyrie Irving played two more minutes. I mean, so you can look at it that way. And actually, it was like a minute and a half, but uh, per game. So maybe that's that's the difference there. But I just don't really see it changing too much. Um, and this team is actually really kind of deep now, and it's a little bit hard to figure out uh, on the fringes of who's going to get a ton of minutes. So, you know, maybe Isaiah dips his minutes a little bit to closer to 30. Um, and that's a, always a possibility. So yeah, Isaiah, join, Isaiah joining this team easily being the most interesting thing that happened to this team. Uh, the, their standard league players, obviously LeBron and Kevin Love. Uh, is there any, I mean, we kind of know who they are. like, and, and that's why this team was actually one of the, uh, ones we've we pegged to be one of the first teams we reviewed or previewed, I guess, because we were very aware that this team was well at the time was just going to come back, run it back again, and all those players are really going to be the same type of player they always were. Um, okay, I got one question for you about this throw, whole throw it at me. This whole standard league bit, and this might catch you off guard a little bit, and and you might not be super prepared for it, so be ready. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how you think the shooting guard small forward thing. Uh, shakes out. They've got Jay Crowder now, who played 30 minutes a game last year in Boston. They got J.R. Smith, who played like 25 minutes a game. They had Amon Shumpert, who played 25 minutes a game. They got Kyle Korver. They got Richard Jefferson, who can play there. They got Jeff Green. They got this Seti Oseman from overseas. Obviously, they all can't play 25 minutes. So what are you kind of pegging in this wing range here? So, yeah, I mean the and, the, the, and Derek Rose is going to play some too, right? Too. You know, Derek Rose. Derek Rose is going to is going to just murder people on that second team. It's going to be great. I can't wait to be so conflicted on whether I should root for him or not. Um, yeah, you're right. Like there's there's a lot of minutes basically that there's Jay a lot Crowder of has to and not that many minutes. Yeah, there's a lot of minutes that are already be taken up by people who were playing them last year and not for Jay Crowder. And that's where I think he can fit in. Like Jay Crowder can play the two, three or four um, if he really needs to. Now he's a very big two, I guess, but um, I think a lot of the Iman Shumpert minutes and probably some of the Richard Jefferson minutes go to, to Jay Crowder. I don't, I see a, at least a period of time where they tried to start Jay Crowder. And I don't know if that will be what period of the season they'll actually attempt to do that whether it's right away or if it's later in the year to look at those crunch time but i think jay crowder is part of your crunch time lineup 100 percent. so he's going to play down the stretch in most games over tristan thompson yes i mean couldn't he play with tristan thompson i mean that's what i'm saying i don't know what where this is going to go i could see them putting love at five and getting Tristan off the uh, off the court, but you Tristan being uh, you know their primary rebounder, like they they might need Tristan Thompson on get, the court. You nailed the topic on the head, though. Jay Crowder played almost no minutes at shooting guard last year. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure that he did at all. And so you're, you either got to make him a sh- shooting guard, or you got to play him at the three, LeBron at the four, Kevin Love at the five. Then you need a shooting guard. So that's J.R. Smith or Kyle Korver or Amon Shumpert or someone like that. And is that is that a mini – is that a um, – what five years ago would be considered a lineup of death now is a broke ma- a poor man's lineup of death with Love at the five, 
LeBron at the four, Carter at the three? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. So I, I broke it down a little bit uh, just today, and, and I was thinking about it. So um, here's where I came out with it. I'm not saying this is what's going to be right. This is kind of what I think is going to happen. And and I'll challenge you to kind of take me to task on any of these minutes here. I've got LeBron at 34. I've got Isaiah Thomas at 32. And I've got Kevin Love at 30. The next highest minutes, i got Jay Crowder at 27, Tristan Thompson 26, Derrick Rose 26. I think those are all – I think your, your starting lineup is a little low. Well, but see, here's the thing, okay? So then you got to eliminate the minutes from either J.R. Smith at 20, which he played 25 last year, Amon Shumpert at 16, which he played 25 last year. You got Kyle Korver at 15, and then I got Channing Fry at 8 and Richard Jefferson at 6. So that gives you 10 guys that are playing. 11, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's too many. And so, okay, maybe you take the six minutes away from Richard Jefferson or the eight minutes away from Channing Fry, but, I mean, all these guys are going to have less value than they had last year just because they're not going to play as many minutes. Yeah, I think that's basically what you're getting at is either the Cavs finally realized they should rely on on their depth, which, you know, they didn't have depth last year, which is why everybody was tired by the end of the year. But maybe that does mean LeBron, well, really across the board, LeBron, Isaiah, Kevin Love, all play, you know, three to five less minutes per game. And I'd also say Jay Crowder is definitely going to take a, a step back in fantasy value simply because he's not going to be playing the 32 minutes a game he played last year. Yeah, and so I guess that was my ultimate point is I, I'm not super high on any of these calves, really. I um, I still think LeBron is such a psychopath that they're going to try to play him less minutes, and if they're losing the game or the game is close, LeBron is going to go right back in. He's going to stand up and walk to the score table. He he coaches the team. He runs the team. He's the GM. Oh, he's, he's everything. He, okay. He produces end of the first round value. Next year, I think pretty much. Yeah, he stays right in, right where he is. Like six, seven, eight. I mean, yes, I'm with you in that. I mean, and then I'm not super talking about I'm not, that. I'm not taking LeBron in the top eight, and I think we'll talk about our rankings um, for sure. But the, right now, um, there's kind of a consensus um, that there's a top eight, and that top eight is is pretty phenomenal. He finished tenth last year. If you look yes. at uh, total values, uh, eight cat total values. I'm not super picking LeBron at all this year, probably, but that's a different story for a different time. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think he's right where people are thinking he's going to be. I think Kevin Love well, um, and, and, has and, a potential and, to, to, to be a little bit worse, but probably not enough to talk about. And, and here's the thing about Kevin Love, and I'll say this, which is odd. I always think Kevin Love gets hated on maybe a little bit too much. I agree. I mean, per game – when you look at um, head-to-head punting turnover strategy, so ACAT, um, per game, Kevin Love was the 31st-ranked player. He only played yeah. 60 games last year, so that's an issue. Um, but the guy's still 19-11 and hits two-and-a-half threes. And that's pretty crazy for someone who you could put technically in your center spot. And I think a lot of times he, you see him lasting until the 50s, 60s. And I usually get on board at that point. So, so 
you mentioned a lot of the uh, role players on this team. Are any of them um, significantly interesting in a uh, in a in a deeper league? And so let's talk about 14, 16 team leagues. Um, well, and, and maybe this was maybe part of the point I was trying to make is in deeper leagues you're going to get to pick your horse, right? I think that all their values are going to get depressed a little bit, and you're going to get to kind of go, okay, I think J.R. Smith's going to get 25 minutes and nail home his threes and and do a little bit of scoring, and that's what I need, so that's the guy I'm going to go with. Um, I don't or, know. or you think Derrick Rose is going to get 24 minutes a game. Well, and then and that's you're like, oh, Derrick Rose with 24 minutes a game in, in, a, in a deeper league, that guy could score, what, 15 points a game? And- 14 oh, yeah. points a game in 20-some minutes. And that's a lot of points past, you know, the 12th round. So he would be, in a vacuum, he would be the guy I want. Now, he's the guy I'm going to caution people on. Okay? He played 32 and a half minutes a game last year. Got you 18 points. He got you three rebounds. He got you almost four rebounds. He got you four and a half assists. Now, there's not a lot of steals and there's not a lot of blocks. The percentages were good. There's no three-pointers. And it's usually two two camps when I when I do a draft. Either Derrick Rose gets picked really high because someone remembers the awesome MVP season, or everybody poops on Derrick Rose and he doesn't even get drafted. Yeah, and he's bargain basement. So in the bargain basement, I'm definitely looking at him. And it's weird and, because um, being from Chicago, it's it's still the same. It's actually the same exact type of uh, drafts. Either there's one person who's like, man, I love Derrick Rose forever. And it's not me, even though I do love Derrick Rose forever. I'll never draft him. I'm not that. I don't love him that much. Uh, but most of the drafts, people stick away from him like he's he's got the plague. And I, I did a mock last year, and someone like took him in the top 30, and I was like, oh, boy. I was like, wait, what? And it was, it was one of the ones like right about this time now, like when the stuff first opened. And – I think he had already gone to New York at that point, yeah. I think and, so. And I was I I had to like look it up. Like did like Phil Jackson say he was gonna play like forty minutes a game? <laughs> was he like finally found a three point shot? Like I was like scouting he, the internet for an article, like maybe find I a way something. to regenerate his knees from six years ago. <laughs> and and so it was just weird because I was like, maybe I missed something here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little bit way too aggressive. Um, yeah, I like him probably best in a um, as kind of like a someone you can get at a pretty low round, but would give you pretty good value in a deeper league. I don't like him in standard leagues. Um, I still think I just don't think the minutes are going to be there. That's that's my problem. In yeah, I don't think I think you're kind of right with that. You know, you're going to see less minutes from Kyle Korver, which is going to hurt his value. Um, Tristan Thompson probably. Um, all these guys uh, until they figure out what kind of rotation they actually want to run there. And by that, by that time, it'll probably be halfway through the season. Yeah. So I'm not super, I'm not super attacking this team for sure. So really none of, there's no really on this team that's uh, interesting when it comes to keeper dynasty leagues um, as any team with LeBron is forced to get rid of any sort of youth or draft picks. And so they haven't had any. Well, and when LeBron leaves one, next dude. year, when LeBron leaves, um, this team will be gutted. There might be one, dude. Do you know anything about this Seti Osman man coming over from Turkey? I know nothing. I will say that he is a 
a wing, which is usually somewhat valuable in the NBA. And I am almost positive, I am looking up the stats right this second, that he was a good three-point shooter. I am not wrong about that. He is a decent three-point shooter and a decent percentage shooter, and he definitely scored 10 points a game last year in 22 minutes for his Turkish team. So I'm not super excited, but he has been a steal, a steals guy in that Turkish league. So he could be interesting in like a super deep league if LeBron leaves and they decide to play him minutes. Well, I mean, yeah, let's, uh, I guess let's step back real quick. Um, let's say, and which is probably going to happen. LeBron leaves. They don't re-sign Isaiah Thomas. All of a sudden you got, well, Ante Zizek, who was also in the trade. Um, there are some people who are kind of high on him, but the uh, he also had an abysmal summer league, but summer league really doesn't mean a damn thing. Him and, and this Seti Ojale guy, all of a sudden, or Seti Osman, not Seti Ojale, that's some other guy. Um, the, both of those guys could suddenly find themselves as the um, players that you never thought would ever start, but are currently starting and worth looking at next year. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not saying attack these guys. I'm saying if it's your last pick in a deep dynasty league and you're looking for somebody, um, Osman might be the type of guy you go for. Um, Zizic, the Zizic guy is supposed to be a real good rebounder. Um, I did not like what I saw at all in summer league. He looked oafy and slow and not super impressive to me, but, uh, there's worse flyers. He's 20 years old. True. What about, uh, Walter Tavares? Oh man. I would much rather have Zizic, that guy. He's, yeah, I, I agree. He's, he looks like he's eight foot tall out there, but he just doesn't impress me. So let's uh, let's go to the other side of this trade in, in, into Boston, and so Boston gets back Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving um, slides pretty easily, I think, into Isaiah Thomas's role uh, as being the primary ball handler, primary shooter, uh, taking the most shots on the on the team. Uh, in fact, so much so uh, that I'm not really sure how Kyrie gets worse. If anything. Kyrie has to become more of a distributor and might somehow even take more shots this in Boston. Oh yeah. I, I, if, I mean, on the margins, if we're talking about Kyrie versus Isaiah Thomas, I think Kyrie's went up and Isaiah Thomas's went down a little bit. Um, now they're both still top guys and Kyrie Irving's probably a second round pick and, it's not one I love because that injury, he always kind of seems to get an injury and just a little bit of banged up. But I, I mean, I'm with you. I think his numbers get a little bit better, if anything. Yeah, I think uh, it definitely pushes their, their values almost uh, pretty close together. Um, even perhaps making Irving a little bit more attractive than Isaiah I, Thomas. For next year, I think I'd definitely rather have Irving. I just don't. I think Isaiah peaked, and I think he's going to fall back. and. And Irving's mm-hmm. got nowhere to go but up. He's he's very young, and now they've basically said, "Hey, guess what? This is your team." Um, yeah, st- still twenty five years old, even though it seems like he's been around for a long time, forever. Uh, the, the thing I wonder is that Isaiah was a very good distributor, and we have not seen 
Kyrie, though, like I said, he had to play in the shadow of LeBron, uh, distributing the ball all the time and being the primary ball handler. We haven't seen Kyrie Irving's distribution skills. Oh, I think Kyrie Irving's a much better passer than Isaiah Thomas. Blossom, I guess. And also he's got to fit into Boston's um, offensive schemes where they kind of move the ball around all crazily and shoot threes. I really, I just think this system, the people around him, Isaiah Thomas thrived there. Why wouldn't Kyrie Irving thrive there? Oh, I'm with you, and I think Kyrie Irving's a, a better talent than Isaiah Thomas. I just, I do. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, like you said, uh, Isaiah Thomas had a career year, and uh, who also, come on, the pizza man, he should be respected for that. Uh, I'm a big fan of Isaiah Thomas. I'm always a big fan of guys who are a little bit undersized. So looking for a little bit of a bump with Kyrie. The rest of this team, though, they lost Avery Bradley. And um, obviously, Jay Crowder was moved as well. And that's opened up quite a bit of minutes for some of their secondary players. Uh, there's going to be a lot bigger roles for guys like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. And well, of course, okay. let's, let's, they brought let's, in Gordon Hayward. Let's, let's stop the horn there. I don't know that sure. Marcus Smart plays any more than the 30 minutes he played last year. I don't know. I mean, there's still there's still a good role for him. So so here's the question in that sense. Okay, I think Hayward's going to get like about 34 minutes a game. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play what he basically played in Utah, especially now that they're lacking the depth kind of that they that they had a minute ago. Um, so you've got a lot of minutes to go around for guys like Smart, guys like Jalen Brown. I would assume Jason Tatum's going to get in the rotation. Uh, you got Marcus Morris. And so I think all these guys could be looking at pretty big roles just because there's not a lot of depth. I mean, are they really going to play Gershon, Yubaseli, Abdel Nader, Semi Ojali, Shane Larkin, Andrew White, Daniel Thesis? Are they really going to play those guys any minutes? I tend to think not. I'm guessing not. Um, the, the only question I maybe have is what are they doing with the center position? Al Horford doesn't like to play center. Marcus Morris is not a center. And oh, I th- Aaron Baines isn't good enough to play extended minutes. I think that they basically backed themselves into a corner at this point. So I ran the rotation again today uh, after the trade, and I have Al Horford playing 32 minutes in total and 30 of those minutes at center. Wow. And I, I just you, you think basically they say, well, Al, sorry, this is your life now. I know, but- I know you don't like playing center, but here we are. I guess a lot of teams doesn't make any difference. I mean, he's going to be... still makes a difference on, uh, for some squads. For some, and, and I agree. And there might be in those games you might see. I mean, I have Aaron Baines at 15 minutes right now, and I have Yabashelli at three, just because I wanted. I don't. I mean, I could easily see Aaron Baines getting those 18 minutes, and that being the whole lot. And I think there's some nights where you could see Baines get 24 or 25, just because the other team's playing a big bruiser, a uh, uh, Rudy Gobert type, and Horford doesn't want to deal with that matchup, so he slides down more to the power forward and Bane sees an uptick in one game scenario. That makes sense, and I think Brad Stevens is obviously smart enough and and one of the better, if not one of the top coaches in the NBA, and he will make those adjustments very easily and convince those players to to make those adjustments. Yeah, I'm with you, but I think 
I really think this team wants to play the Marcus Morris, the Jalen Brown, the Jason Tatum, play those wing types, and that leaves Horford no choice but to go down to the five. Yeah, and does that affect his value at all when it comes to fancy? I tend to think not really. I mean, I think he is what he is at this point. Yeah, Al, Al Horford's become an unsexy name, which is weird because, you know, three, four seasons ago, he was a guy that you really would actually target in drafts. And now he's kind of fallen out of that. Uh, what, what, let me go check. You know, he at one point was, you know, a top 15 player. And he's dropped into almost being in, in the 40s. Uh, in fact, in totals last year, he was 43rd in ACAT leagues, and I, I, I like Al Horford as someone who's going to fall a little too far in drafts. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, those those five assists a game that he got last year, if he can keep that up, I mean, that's a huge boost from a big man spot. So, I mean, I'm always kind of a fan of picking Al Horford, especially in Roto Leagues. Um, yeah, that's where his value really lies, because he doesn't turn the ball over. He gets you uh, almost a steal and a block. And those five assists are are really hard to come by from a center spot. And that has value in head-to-head, too. Five five assists from your center spot really puts you over. Oh, oh, no uh, doubt. You're playing weekly. I think, though, that I I guess when I said I like to pick him in a roto just because the percentages are good, there's there's limited turnovers, there's some stats in not usual places. Uh, The rebounds are... Tad bit light, maybe. I mean, six point eight. You'd like to see maybe a little bit more. Yeah, and I think that's why people shy away from. Him. They look at his day to day stats and they go, "Wow, fourteen and almost seven. Who cares?" And they don't notice the incredibly solid free throw percentage, the very good field goal percentage, the block, the steal, and a three pointer a game. Well, and the three used to be a little bit more valuable, right? And that's yeah. that's where his value has seen the dip. Is he didn't she doesn't shoot any more threes. He shoots about the same number of threes, probably maybe a touch more than when he was that top fifteen pick. But everybody else shoots so many more. Oh yeah, and now you got guys like Boogie Cousins hitting three a game. Yeah, God so bless, God bless Boogie Cousins by the way. Not, and that oh just changed the value around a little bit, which nothing wrong with that. So the rest of this team losing since they lost uh, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, um, and Kelly Olynyk, and that's, there's a lot of turnover on this team, um, which I, you know, I knew, but now having it sitting here in front of me, um, it's a lot more than I than than I remembered. Well, and and I, I mean the depth is the big thing that I think they lost in this trade. You know what I mean? Like they just don't have those guys coming off the bench that you go, wow, I'm excited to see this guy. I'm excited that. They have this guy in reserve in case someone gets hurt. Now it's they pretty much got to play their 10 and hope for the best. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of the future MVP of the league, Terry Rozier. Uh, I got him pegged for 14 minutes a game, and I didn't want to have that many. That's I think that's a little too many. Uh, so who's the starting two guard on this team? Uh, starting two guard? I Wow, that's a good question. Um so they got a kind of an option to start either Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown. I don't really super think it matters who they start. I mean, I don't either, but I, I, I'm leaning towards Jalen Brown, and this is why. Because Marcus Smart is Well, then capable. I think Hayward's the two guard. 
and Jalen Brown's a three, but we'll get to that. Yeah, and and maybe it doesn't even matter when it comes to how Boston runs their uh, offense. But the reason I lean towards Jalen Brown over Marcus Smart being a starter is simply because you need someone to run the second team, and Marcus Smart can run the second team. And that's it. If you're looking at Smart as a point guard, um, and, and then there's even less minutes for Terry Rozier, and there's probably more minutes for those wing guys, uh, which was probably not a bad thing for them. No, not at all. I think someone like Jason Tatum is is ready um, to to at least attempt to play NBA basketball to get you know 12 minutes a game, which is really quite frightening when you think about it. Uh, that he's already ready for 12 minutes a game, and Jalen Brown's already ready to start. Uh, in his second year. And that just, I mean, just goes to show you that how much depth they did have on this team that they no longer have. Uh, it might be a little early for these guys to step into those roles. Do you see Jalen Brown as a uh, uh, standard league value next year? Probably not. I mean, he got 17 minutes a game last year. So I, I could see him getting. 30 or thereabout, but like what was super sexy about what he did in 17 minutes a game? Yeah, his his game, while um, it looks when you watch it, you know, in real NBA, he doesn't have one of those games that translates to fantasy, at least not yet. Uh, let's say hypothetically he does play 30 minutes a night. Well, you're not really getting a huge score. You're not really getting someone who is deadly from downtown. You're not getting a ton of rebounds or steals or blocks out of position and your percentages are nothing to really talk about. He's, he's better at just being an all around. Okay. Type of guy instead of someone who could be a fantasy stud. If he suddenly got 30 minutes again, I am with you 100%. And I think he will. And I think, you know, he might tempt people to, to reach for him just because uh, by the time preseason rolls around, it looks like they might be starting him, and you're like, "Oh, great starter, starting minutes." Uh, that means I should draft him. He's a, he's got a lot of potential. I've heard his name, blah blah blah, and I think people are going to be reaching for Jalen Brown, and I don't think you should. I am with you on that, especially in a standard league. He's not really a guy I want, even if they say he's playing 30, 32 minutes a game. I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe with my last pick, just I'm taking a shot on somebody, but I don't really want him at all. Let's say hypothetically Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both play 28 minutes a game. Who would you rather have? For fantasy, if they're going to play the same minutes, yeah, I'd probably rather have Jason Tatum. I agree. He's going to score. And I think he's going to do a little bit more than Jalen Brown does overall. Um, I'm not sure either one of those guys approach standard league or become standard league relevant this season, but it's worth keeping an eye on Jalen Brown simply because the minutes will be there. Let's uh, Let's go to Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward coming from a offense that was basically designed around him uh, as the primary, really everything. He loses a little bit of the ball handling and playmaking that he had in Utah. There's just less of a need for that now that he's playing with, well, Kyrie, who fits into Isaiah Thomas's spot. And also I think that affects um, the amount of shots he's going to be putting up as well. What do you see to his value here? I think you're falling into a trap here, my friend. I, I disagree. I, I think... Uh, How many shots did Hayward shoot last year? Gordon Hayward, he took about 16 shots per game. Yeah. So, I mean, why can he not take that again? 
I'll tell you one reason, because uh, that would require for him to get the ball passed to him, and I know one point guard who well, probably... Now, I'm, I'm just going to be a Kyrie hater and say he's not going to pass him the ball. Well, he's going to pass he... him the ball, but let's let's just throw it out there. Avery Bradley took 14, Jay Crowder took 10, so there there are shots to go around and, and to, to, to give... Who would you, who to, would you rather uh, have handling the ball, Gordon Hayward or Marcus Smart? Gordon Hayward. Exactly my point. So, I mean, Kyrie's going to play 34 a night. you got those other minutes to let someone handle the ball, and it's probably going to be Gordon Hayward. And that would that would suggest that they're staggering those guys, and I don't think they're going to. Oh, I definitely think that they're going to in some cases, especially once they figure out that Gordon Hayward is the second-best ball handler they have. Uh, Preston has probably already figured that out without even um, bothering to have a practice. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that just makes the most sense to win basketball games. And so I I actually don't really think – I've heard a lot of, oh, Hayward's value can drop a ton. I don't really see that happening. I, I don't see his value dropping a ton, but I do see it dropping. And and simply because the offense is not built around him. The offense is doesn't run through him like it did in Utah. And that is significantly – it's going to adjust – he's going to have to adjust his game to that, which I think he can, right? But that does mean – uh, maybe uh, what one less assist. Well, see, here's kind of how less, I'm looking. A couple of less points. Here's kind of how I'm looking at it. I guess is I, I'm with you there, but I think the steals could go back up to where they were in like that one point three, one point four range. And so, I mean, a little less assists, maybe. I'm not. I mean, he three point five was kind of a bottom value last year that he had. I think he can get three point five assists. And so, I mean, I don't really see. I'm, if anything, I'm, I'm thinking he loses a little bit of points and maybe some field goal percentage, and that's about it. Um, I mean, Gordon Hayward had a career year last year. Would you, would you say that? As far as shooting the ball, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, and they put a lot more um, pressure on him to basically facilitate everything that was going on there. But I think he's. A, I mean, I think he's a 44% shooter this year, probably in the field. So obviously that's going to drop the points some, but I think he can do the playmaking and and maybe even be a little bit better on defense. So we'll yeah, see. I think, I, I think that's I think that's a fair statement. Um, he might play uh, around the same amount of minutes or maybe a few less, uh, if depending on how the rotations go. I think there's just enough small things like he's not facilitating the offense, his shooting percentage might go down. He's has to play behind Kyrie. He's not the primary scorer. Okay, top team. fifty. I think player. there's just enough. Let's cut. Let's cut the chase. Let's do it. Top fifty value. guy. Top fifty. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Top forty. Mm, I'm. Let me. Let me. Let me make sure. I'm not gonna regret saying that he's not a top forty guy. Top forty guy. Okay. Top thirty. No. So he's between thirty and forty. Yeah. Which that's, is exactly, pretty... that's exactly where he finished last year. Total value yeah. finish 33rd. And that's kind of where I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be – I mean, he might drop to 40, but I don't see him really fall into 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Like some people are like, oh. No, that's move, that's absurd. Right, this move hurts his value. It's like not really. I mean, those guys are so packed in there anyways that like that's just standard variance, right? Like maybe, maybe if he has a real bad year shooting the ball, he drops to 50. Yeah, I think you misunderstood me uh, in lumping me in with the 
uh, people who think he's going to be bottom half of the of the top 100, that's ridiculous. He's still an incredibly talented player who's coming into his prime. Um, I'd, what I'm no, saying no, is he I, takes I, a step I, back, and that's there's there's enough people who are going to take a step forward that I think he drops just an overall value when it comes to looking and, at his ranking or at least his, his value by the end of the year. And I'll apologize if, if that's the way it came off. I wasn't trying to lump you with those people. I'm just saying I don't think his value is going to drop as much as everybody else. I wasn't trying to say anything bad about you or anything. It's just, you know what I mean? Like I, f- I hear people saying, Oh, it's going to tank. It's like, I, I don't really think that's going to happen. Oh no, that, that seems a, 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 like a ridiculous statement. Just as if there's anyone out there saying he's suddenly going to be um, absolutely amazing on Boston. Um, he well, I don't is, think he's going to be 19. Like he, right? he was like 19th that one year, right? That he, he had a lot more assists and stuff and seals were up. Yeah. He's going to be like 30 to 40 to 50. That's just where he is. Who else on this team is standard league relevant to you? Um, standard league relevant. Well, we pretty much hit all the names. I mean, you got Horford. Uh, Marcus Smart is an interesting guy just because he gets a ton of steals. And if you need that at the end of your draft, but he can't shoot. And, I mean, Marcus Smart's definitely standard league relevant, but it's back end of the standard league. Yeah, Marcus Morris isn't suddenly going to be a world beater or uh, significantly change his game in in Boston. So you can expect Marcus Morris to, if anything, um, Marcus, at, the be- at the best look like he did last year. At, at Marcus the very- Morris is one of my favorite guys to snag in a deep league. Yeah, nobody, nobody likes it. He had 14 points, five rebounds, two assists. Now the steals and the blocks aren't great. But he gives you a three and a half. He he always finds a way to get big minutes. I think he's going to get 32 minutes again on Boston. They don't have a ton of power forwards. They're going to need him to play power forward. They and, might need him to play center every once in a while. And and here's the thing that happens that guys don't understand about deep league. So I make this point because I see it happen all the time. Okay, In a standard league with your last couple picks, which are the same number picks right like in that 100 to 130 range in your standard league you want to shoot for upside guys because if they don't work out you can just drop them and find somebody else in a deeper league when that 100 guy has to be a starter on your team you need to pick someone who's going to return good value you can't afford for that person to crap the bed and give you zero value and so in that 110, 115, 120 range, I love to grab a guy like Marcus Morris because you know he's going to play and you know he's going to give you something. And you see that happen all the time. I, I, it's a lot of deep leagues I think uh, I've ever been in is you see people very quickly overlook Andre Iguodala or even someone like J.J. Redick and say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach, I'm going to reach, I'm going to go for someone who, a rookie who could be good. Or, oh, I think this is finally the year Michael K. Gilchrist learns how to shoot. And they completely ignore the fact that Enos Cantor is going to give you 14 and 7 every single night. Yeah, and, oh, he only plays 20 minutes. He sucks. He sucks. I actually did that last year in a deep league draft. I had a guy yelling at me, oh, Enos Cantor sucks. He plays like 20 minutes a game. I'm like, yeah, he's also really good in those 20 minutes, bro. Yeah, he's, he's also getting in 14 and 7. And and not much else, right? But fourteen and seven. But f- how over is- someone like let's just like let's throw let's throw someone under the bus here. Um, would you rather have his fourteen and seven or 
Tristan Thompson's eight and nine. Yeah, you'd rather have the fourteen. And this, this is one thing people don't understand about deep leagues too. That fourteen points is actually quite a bit. Those make a huge difference because, like you're saying right there, that's five more points a game than than Tristan Thompson's getting. That's a lot of yeah. points to make up. Yeah, all of a sudden the, the, the next round comes around and that guy who's making fun of you is, is drafting Shasha Pachulia because he has nothing else left. Yeah, so Marcus Morris is a guy I a lot of times will kind of target in a deep league in that range. Just provide some good value. Looking at uh, this uh, more deep league stuff, so we, we kind of hit on on that deep league. Is there anyone on this team that makes you sexy? I don't know why I said that. Uh, other than Marcus Morris on this team. Well, Jason Tatum, perhaps? I, he's in my take-a-shot range, so I don't think I'll get him because I think someone will reach for him a little bit sooner. I think the minutes probably go up as the season goes on, but at the beginning of the year, he's probably going to start out at like 15 minutes a game, and that's just not enough even in like a 14 team league a 16 team league now maybe he gets up to 2025 but i don't love to pick rookies in redraft leagues just because it's so much of an uncertainty i mean everybody got hyped about stanley johnson two years ago and people still are hyped about stanley johnson well yeah but stanley johnson still has yet to play more than 17 minutes so if you drafted him the last two years in a redraft league You've gotten absolutely no value whatsoever. Zero. You're absolutely right. And I think Tatum is a little bit more of a, a talent, especially when it comes to scoring, which is uh, always needed on the NBA court. So he probably has a better chance of seeing more minutes than oh, someone yeah. like Stanley Johnson. Uh, when it comes to dynasty leagues, though, I think Jason Tatum is is one of your primary um, targets. I literally think he's a he's definitely a top five target, and I could easily see him, especially after this trade. I think it bumped him up a little bit. It opened up a path for a few more minutes this season, and potentially some more minutes going forward. And so, I I mean, I could easily see taking him in the top two or three in a dynasty league, like just rookie draft, obviously. Perfect. So I think we got through that. Um... Very, very interesting and kind of shocking blockbuster trade that happened just you know less than 24 hours ago. Who who should we go to next? Uh, let's go to a a lovely city with a terrible, terrible owner. Oh, it's got to be Chicago. Go it's Chicago. the New York Knicks. Oh. Uh, no, uh, you thought it was going to be Chicago. But it's gonna be the Knicks. It's, it's the Knicks. The Knicks, um, the only team really, truly keeping at Chicago at bay from being the worst team in the league um, from top to bottom. It's it's getting close. I think that race is getting a little too close for my comfort. But if you if you go look at the the past, you know, if you go look at the Chicago Bulls, only screw one team over in trades, and it's the New York Knicks. Worst two contracts. One in each of the last two off seasons. Did the Knicks own them? Um. Well, you can you can pretty much say that Joakim Noah was a horrendous contract. Tim Hardaway at least can play. Um. While I think Lou Aldang was run one run ragged by Tom Thibodeau to death, so I, that that contract might actually be worse than Tim Hardaway's 
contract. But yeah, I think you're right. It's, uh, it's the two most laughable contracts for sure of the last two off seasons. Um, and I, I heard a thing and, and you never really know if this is true or not. Right. That like they were offering so much significantly more than any other team is willing to offer Tim Hardaway that like other GMs were laughing at them. Oh yeah. And those and, GMs still are laughing at them. And it's just like, man, how, how do you mess this stuff up this bad? Like, it's Tim Hardaway. It's not like it's LeBron James. I mean, come on, don't don't stuff it. Yeah, that was a bit baffling, and I think it's going to be baffling for everyone who watches Tim Hardaway play next year. Uh, the Garden is going to eat that guy up. And everyone knows how much money he's making. Everyone knows that they're idiots, and they put a bunch of money behind him, and every shot he misses is going to just – deteriorate his confidence uh that said tim hardaway tim hardaway jr that is he will be starting for your new york knicks got 28 a game last year how many how many this year i think he uh, i mean and i think this is where this um conversation goes this is the most interesting thing going on in, in new york um what's going on with our guard situation you got Tim Hardaway Jr., who they just spent a ton of money on, so you know they're going to play that guy. And then they have no one? I mean, who's the second best guard on this team? The second best guard tomorrow is Courtney Lee. Ooh. The second That's best. Brutal. The best eventual guard is probably Nilakina. I, I like his talent. I don't think he's at all really ready to play in the NBA. But no, he's like barely 19, right? Yeah, and I, but I think they're going to be forced to play him like twenty five minutes, man. They just don't have anything else. Man, that's going to ruin. That's going to ruin. Unless his they're going to play Ronnie Baker or Jason Randall or Damian Dodson, which I mean, throw up in a bucket right there, my friend. That's kind of what I'm getting at. The the most interesting thing on this team is I don't know who gets the. I mean, how how many minutes is there to go around there? Like 60, 70 minutes, eighty minutes to go around. Well, if you figure Tardaway and Courtney Lee play 60 of the minutes, I mean, there's 96 minutes total, so. It's brutal. So is Ron, is Ramon Sessions, Ron Baker, any of those guys? I mean, is, is Tim Hardaway even fantasy relevant on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think Tim Hardaway is. In 28, 7.3 minutes a game last year, he got you 14 points. Almost two threes, two point eight rebounds, two point three assists. There's not much steals and blocks, but the percentages were pretty good. I mean, he's not sexy. He's and I think people because he got the big contract and he's playing for New York might reach for him. But I mean, he's got a shot to be a top one hundred player. I think he's got a, he's got a shot to uh, just I think scrape into the top one hundred. Yeah, I'm not saying like top fifty. I'm saying like ninety to a hundred, but. But he's gonna he's gonna have to play out of his mind. But like like you said, who else are they gonna play? So he might be he he might not just play like thirty two minutes a game. He might be playing thirty eight minutes a game because there's nothing else they can possibly do other than play Tim Hardaway. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. And so he's not the worst pick in a standard league, but I'm not picking him at eighty or ninety. I'm picking him at one ten or one twenty, hopefully. Or I mean, I'm not really thinking about him till pick one hundred. That's what it's yeah. Like. And that's, I mean, that's exactly how you should approach guys like that. Guys with very little upside. If you don't get them around late, then you shouldn't get them at all. Yeah, I'm with you there. 
So let's go to the standard league guys on this team. Um, the main two being the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Asporzingis, and the former man, the former myth, the former legend, Carmelo Anthony, who is constantly in uh, trade talks to move to another team. So you have that kind of hanging over your head as your drafts approach. Is there any significant change in the value of either one of those two players? Um, significant change? No, probably not. I think Chris Stapps probably is the exact same player. I can't really see. I mean, he got 33 minutes a game last year. Maybe they put bump it a little bit more, but probably not. Um, is Carmelo the Dwayne Wade yet? Does he take the ultimate nosedive to where guys like us actually pick him? Has he reached that point yet? That's a good question. I think a lot of people are going to be out on Carmelo Anthony um, simply because of just the, the fact that they know that he's not as he doesn't want to be in New York and he doesn't really. I mean, if you're in a league with a little bit more NBA savvy people, I think you, people are going to, you're going to look at Carmelo and go, ugh, this guy. And that's going to allow you to pick up Carmelo in, you know, the fifth, sixth round. And he's worth that pick. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see any, I mean, short of him getting injured, which he's getting older. So the risk is probably going up for that a little bit, but I don't see any reason why he would get injured right now. Um, his 22 points are super valuable and he still does a little bit of everything. The blocks, you could ask for a little bit more, but beggars can't be choosers in the sixth round. I'm definitely interested. And I think, and I'm not sure about this yet. Uh, the last few years, Dwayne Wade has taken the, the big tumble, right? Where he's like available at pick 80, 90, a hundred. And then at some point you're just like, well, I'm not in love with Dwayne Wade, but. Yeah, he's, he's not going to play in back-to-backs, but when he plays, he still scores 20 points a game, so why the hell not? And so I'm I'm hopeful Carmelo takes that dip this year. I'm not sure if this is the year yet. Um, I, I think there is a, certainly a possibility that he starts falling. In fact, let's uh, Yahoo uh, mock drafts are open, and uh, we are going to be probably doing the occasional – uh, mock draft, I, I would think. Uh, I won't speak for you, but I do more than the occasional mock draft. Well, I was going to say, we're going to do the occasional mock draft <laughs> that we we publish. Uh, the amount of mock drafts I will do will be embarrassing, and I will not tell anyone that public information. Um, Carmel Anthony is currently average, uh, his average draft position is 43, so I'm not sure this is going to be but, the year. But here's the thing, okay, right now, you got most of the sharps are the only guys doing the mock drafts, right? The the guys who are who, who know a lot about this or the layman is certainly not paying attention to uh, right. fantasy basketball. And so I I that's a number and I, and I respect the number and I don't have any reason to think they lie about the number, you know what I mean? But I think that the more sharp guys are doing the drafts right now. So it'll be interesting to see when the public, the more people who are not don't care that much about it get in there if that number is coming down and, and sadly it's good it's, it's usually what it usually comes down to especially on yahoo and, and espn is what what did yahoo and espn rank these guys at because they start even even i fall victim to 
those guys start sifting to the top and that you see them pick after pick after pick just sitting at the top and guys below going going and eventually you go well why hasn't anyone picked mellow this guy is actually really good and and that means i usually get the correct value for him right but if you're in a if you're in a league where it's just kind of a regular um not super um ridiculously into nba type of players in your in your casual fancy basketball league there's guys who are going to see mellow and go you guys are morons he should have been picked seven picks ago i got this dude and he is going to go in the top 40. And I'll say this too, that, and also those rankings matter in the sense that, um, someone didn't show up to the draft, he gets picked higher. So that goes into the ADP number. And I mean, you've done this. I know I've done this. So it's an online draft and your computer takes a crud for a second. And if you're not filling the queue, which I'm sometimes guilty of, cause I don't always super know who I want at a pick. Um, you can kind of get stuck with Carmelo. <laughs> that's that's very true. I you know I really don't miss the days where those draft lobbies were so like you your connection would it was almost like a hundred percent chance your connection would drop. Yeah. Um, and then you would be stuck. You'd come back in and be like, "No, why? <laughs> why? No, start over." <laughs> yeah, I've got the worst player. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, and it's, or someone who's like out for the year. My. My first year playing, I'll have to admit this. This is this is a kind of a good story. My first year playing, all right, I had like a list of like five or ten guys that I wanted at the very end of the draft, like they were kind of my sleepers or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So I and they were like way down there on. I, I'm pretty sure it was a Yahoo league. It was way down there on Yahoo's rankings. So I put them in the queue, and then my computer took a complete crap for like <laughs> ten minutes. So I had like three of these guys who were like ranked in the two hundreds <laughs> in, like, in the middle of the draft in like the fifth, sixth and seventh round. Oh my God. And like everybody I was playing with had them like that guy is a freaking idiot. Like, He's the dumbest so guy. I know <laughs> that is brutal. That's absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, actually if you, you could still find some of those old teams that you had on, on Yahoo. And I, uh, my earliest team had Jalen Rose on it. So that is, that is my claim to fame. I still think I was in diapers at that point. Oh yeah, I'm you know I'm an old I'm an old veteran at, at this <laughs> at this point. Um, so I'm actually going to go back uh, and, and circle back around with Chris Porzingis because I would actually disagree that I, uh, Chris Porzingis isn't going to um, is going to produce the same season that he produced produced last year. We're not uh, New York's not running the tri- triangle here here anymore. Um, if they aren't running their offense around Chris Asperzingis, then I have no idea what to do about bat- the future of basketball in New York. I mean, Chris Epps is. Jeff Hornacek is a bad coach. I'm sorry. Yeah, Hornacek is. is a terrible coach, an absolutely terrible coach, but he's not being told to run the triangle anymore. And I, I don't think you, even the worst coaches now, um, Hoiberg is worse, uh, but even the worst coaches, know that you should probably get the ball to your best player. Okay, and I'm with you on that. But are they going to play him at his best position? Are they actually going to play him at the five? No, they're not. They can't. They got Willie Hernan Gomez, who's a five. They got Kylo Quinn, who's a five. They got Joakim Noah, who's after he serves his 12-game suspension, is going to play. Yeah, Noah. 
So, I mean, aren't those guys going to clog most of the minutes at the five and Porzingis is going to end up getting like 10 or 12 and the rest of his 35 or 34 are going to be at power forward? Probably. So, I mean, I don't have a ton of faith in him there. Now, I actually kind of have Porzingis pegged to score more like 20 points. And yeah, I think he's going he's to shoot a little bit better, I think. I hope anyway. And um, I, I think he's going to do very similar things that he, he did last year, but uh, maybe make a few more shots, hit a few more threes. Um, I think he's he's going to be trending up, if you will. Okay, so where are you picking him? Old Chris Tapps. Where, you know, where, did, where am I thinking about Chris Tapps? Well, I don't want to reach for him, and I know somebody will reach for him, but... I'm thinking around the end of the middle, end of the third round, middle of the third round. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, I still think people are gonna go be going for him in the second. I don't know. This, this is a very lucrative draft this year. You, you legitimately can't go wrong with any of the top eight. And I'm, I'm, and when we release our rankings, um, I'm actually, I'm moving that to a top nine. I don't think you can go wrong with the top nine. Who's the ninth? You're going to have to find out. That's the suspense. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the top 15, maybe even. I mean, they're all great players. And drafting Chris Stapps in the second round isn't going to kill your team because he's going to be good. He's going to return value around pick 30 probably or 40. So it's not like it's crushing your team. It's not the way I like the draft. Fair, and I'm I'm just a little bit higher in Chris Tapps, I think, than you are this year, and I'm uh, I'm okay with that. Um, speaking of the guys who are going to play center, like our main man, Willie Willie Gomez. What um do do you think his outlook this year? I mean, he's, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of centers on this team, so there's a lot of um minutes to go around there and last year they really couldn't decide who the hell they actually wanted to give starters minutes to so they didn't give it to anyone is willie uh hernan gomez is he going to be someone who's going to play starters minutes no i think that they're going to give joakim noah 15 to 18 minutes when he comes back i think they're going to give kylo quinn some minutes they're going to give Porzingis some minutes at the five. And so, I mean, I don't really want any of these guys, especially in a standard league. They're going to drive you nuts because Hornets X going to do the same crap he did last year where it's Hernan Gomez one game, it's Kylo Quinn one game, it's Joakim Noah one game. And, I mean, in a standard league, you can't, you can't afford to have that value where the guy gave you 10 minutes. No, not at all. Uh, what about in a deeper league, though? Are any of these uh, centers more intriguing than the next? In a vacuum, I'd rather have Hernan Gomez. In reality, I think I won't have any of them because I think people are going to pick Hernan Gomez like he's a standardly relevant player because he always seems to have a little bit of buzz around him. Yeah, for some reason, people really just, I think they like his name because it's a silly name. Um, but, and they could actually say, and I, I can actually say it, so I remember it, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, he's probably got the most upside. Is uh, If you look, he's only 23. Um, he's got the most upside, so if you're in a dynasty league, he's probably he's the most intriguing guy on this team outside of Frank. 
and I guess Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis should probably already be taken in your dynasty league, unless you're just drafting right now. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. If we're talking super deep leagues, like let's say twenty team, eighteen team, like like twenty team leagues. I, I'm the two guys I might take a shot on are Michael Beasley, just because he can give you some points on pretty good percentages. Um, That's true. And points points get scarce at some point. So he's going to have to play. And then I might take a shot on Joakim Noah just if everybody's super out on him. He's always been a good rebounder. He can block a shot. I don't think he's going to play a ton. But, I mean, in a super deep league, I mean, you know how bad those picks get near the end? Yeah, and I, I'm i going to feel – no, you know what? I, I, I actually agree. I'm going to feel bad for saying this, though. I think I'd rather – I think I'd rather see – Kylo Quinn's 16 minutes versus Joakim Noah's 23 minutes. And they're both similar kind of guys. Kylo Quinn, everybody's like, oh, man, if he, Kylo Quinn played 36 minutes, man, he'd be the best fantasy player of all time. And he's never going to play 36 minutes. But that um, half a steal and a, and, a, and a block and five rebounds in, in 16 minutes is pretty My worry pretty with nice. him is that in the games that Joakim Noah plays. Now, Joakim Noah is suspended for 12 games. I said it once. I'll say it again because it's the, it's the facts. I'm worried Kyle Quinn doesn't play. I'm worried he suddenly plays six minutes, which happens all the time with Kyle Quinn. Suddenly, he just doesn't play at all. And that's what I mean. Even a 20-team league, like six minutes, I'm not excited to throw that in there. So I'm not on him. I'm on him in the sense that if I could, if you told me, Kylo Quinn gets you 15, 16 minutes every game, no matter what. I'll buy it. But I think, like you're saying, it could be five minutes most games. Fair. And, and Joe Kimino is definitely going to get that 15 to 23 range. Right. They every, paid him too every much. Every single time. You know what I mean? They paid him too much. Plus, I think most people are thinking what you're thinking, right? I'm going to go for Hernan Gomez. I'm going to go for O'Quinn. Oh, Noah's going to be the one who gets pissed on and doesn't play. And. If that's the last pick in a 20-team league, I can grab Joakim Noah. I'm laughing at you. Yes, yeah, you know so I mean? Joe still got the ability to hand out those assists and get those rebounds. He's so, uh, he's still a little – he's a tricky old fantasy vet. And so that's where I'm looking at that. But, I mean, I could be wrong. Is is there anyone else, you know, so accordingly – is Courtney Lee – Playing starters minutes, and when he if he if he is playing starters minutes, is he in your uh, in your standard league draft? Uh, total value last year he finished eighty eighth, which surprised the heck out of me. But he played thirty. That is surprising. Minutes. He played thirty two minutes a game. Uh, the percentages are real good, and that that gives him a nice boost. Um, he got a steal last year. He's another one of those guys who, in a deep league, can get kind of sneaky. I don't think a lot of people are on him, especially in that 100, 110, 120 range. Um, he certainly is a, a boring player. And he's not a guy I'm super looking for in a standard league where like 140 players are owned. He just, he's going to be like maybe 100, probably a little bit below that. So that's not really something I want. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking for him in my standard league, but... So if you're in a, if you're in a deeper kind of a bigger league or a deeper league, uh, he he should be he should be picked up because he's going to play the minutes. We need a good name for that kind of guy. That's yeah. what we need. 
I mean, because he's technically standard league valuable, right? But in a head-to-head league, you're getting more value from streaming that spot or having yeah. someone with a lot higher upside. Yeah, but does, he's it, super it's valuable in a deep league. Who is like the king? Who's like the the waiver wire whore? <laughs> who, who's the, who's the, he's not really the waiver wire whore because you're not picking him up, right? Well, the waiver our whore is the guy that everyone's picking up. He's yeah, had a, no he's had a go with everybody in the league. And like these guys aren't super sexy, you know what I mean? Like, okay, they get picked up, they get used, maybe they get dumped. But you, like, I can tell you, there have been leagues that I've played in in the last couple of years, and especially last year when Courtney Lee was providing some good value, where like I just constantly streamed him every time the Knicks played. Like nobody else wanted his ass. <laughs> But every time the Knicks played, I'm like, I could use Courtney Lee's 11 points and a three and a half and a couple rebounds and two assists and a steal and good percentages. Sure, I'll take that. Yeah, why not? Huh. We're going to have to come up with a good name. I don't know if it should be – I'm leaning towards two genres. One would be a an older player who um, was not sexy yet relevant and – just you know, mediocre name, mediocre stat lines, but everyone knows who he is. So that's I'm leaning one way, and another I'm, I'm leaning towards like a like a, a, a like a mid range C level celebrity. Oh, now that sounds good. That's uh, those are my two choices. So actually, let's let's have the listeners chime in. Uh, if you have an idea of what to call the the Courtney Lees of the world. The guys who, yeah, you should probably draft him at 120, but there's no reason to, and you don't want to, and you're not going to. Uh, he's just going to sit on the waiver wire, and he's occasionally going to be streamed, and no one wants to. He's not sexy anymore, or he was never. Actually, he was never sexy. So what celebrity was like never sexy, but always around, and putting oh. and putting in a like an okay performance. You can't have like a guy who's an amazing actor, but under the radar like that, that doesn't work. I'm with you there. That's a, that's a hard name to get. That is a hard name to get. So if you have any ideas, feel free to tweet at us. You can find me on Twitter at watch the boxes and Tyler, where can they find you? Oh man. I I was gonna, I was gonna save this. No, I'm just kidding. You can find me at Watts T four, 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 four. That's four fours for those counting at home. Um, yeah, get it to us about what we should call the Courtney Lees of the world. And if you're interested in joining us in the first annual Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball League, also tweet at us, get at us, and we will um, send you an invite to the league. And Tyler, what, what, what a format are we, are we looking to do? So we're going to do head-to-head, all right? So that way you can all make fun of me and Mike when you guys win. Yeah, I'm not a fan of head-to-head, so we're choosing head-to-head. Uh, so far, so good. Um, we're going to do nine cat, right, because Mike loves his turnovers. Listen, turnovers are important. Don't listen to anyone. Don't listen to anyone who says anything different, especially Josh Lloyd, who's who knows what he's talking about. Um, So we won't have that debate again. We had that last time. Um, So, yeah, and we're, we're hoping to get a good league and – just a, a good group of people who want to play and want to try to kick our butts. Cause that's my favorite kind of league. 
Yeah, and it's it's also going to be good because if they're listening, they're going to know exactly who we like, who we don't like, what our rankings are, how we're going to draft. So you'll have the competitive advantage. Oh no way, man! I'm going for Ronnie Baker. We didn't talk about him. Yeah, don't sh- don't give away your picks. <laughs> draft don't. him first round. Come on, do it. Actually, this whole like the whole Courtney Lee discussion was just a subterfuge. That's not a word. <laughs> Mike makes up words. You know we've got late in the podcast when Mike starts making up words. Definitely. So, yeah, I think that's it. We got through uh, three more teams, and we're going to hit um, three more here pretty soon. If you are like what you are hearing on this podcast, feel free to give us a rating or review wherever you are downloading and listening to your podcast. Or, you know, tell a friend. Tell someone in your fantasy league. Send them a link. And um, follow us on Twitter. And get to us if you'd like to join the upcoming league and we will be back with more NBA team previews. So uh, make sure you uh, catch us on the next episode.